Welcome back to It Was Murder, <laughs> the number one heart-to-heart podcast on the internet still. Uh, I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Alan Ito. And the satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we've established that. Yeah. Today, we are discussing murder rap. <laughs> murder rap. <laughs> Rap. W-R-A-P. Is it always, when you talk about a murder rap, what is that short for? What does the rap stand for? Do we know? You know, that's a really good question. I've never known. Do you this know? This is exciting. Ellen? No, I don't. <laughs> it's a fun thing to say, though. A charge of murder. That's a all rap. I can find. A rap. Well, that was exciting. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> wow, that really answered so zero questions. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, let's oh, see man. if we can find out what this episode was about in... <laughs> 60 seconds oh, in our Minute man. Max segment, starting oh, today with Joe. What? No, I started last week. Oh, wait, no. You uh, Ellen's first. Yep. Shit. Sorry, right, I wrote this down I was wrong. So, I was week. so not going to say the truth, even though I knew it. Mm-hmm. I'm really setting up some bad habits. I knew. Myself. I knew that you knew. Oh, I know. You can see it in my eyes. You're, even you're really, virtually, I'm not. You're really starting a, a dishonesty rap. <laughs> mm, I know, but just tonight. This episode is so, so false. A humor rap? (laughs) (laughs) Even less than usual, am I prepared for Minute Max? And um, so here we go. So here we go. Actually, Joe, will you time me again and just throw the hand at me? That's yeah. much, it's much more comforting to me to just stare blankly ahead at the two of you while I <laughs> ramble on. I'll do both. How about that? All do right. Murder rap or museums are still racist. Here we go. <laughs> uh, it opens with um, someone worshiping at a fake Egyptian question mark shrine and mm. muttering about a prince. Then we cut to the inside of a museum where a really gross museum director is talking about how tacky he's going to make uh, his insensitive Egyptian uh, human remains exhibit. Then there's a doctor, and they both talk about how stupid people, blah, 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 museums. Then there's a woman with big glasses, so she must be an academic or a scientist. And then Jennifer's like, I love it. And then they leave. Then um, I think a mummy comes and kills the doctor. And then... <laughs> Um, what happens then? Then they have the opening and the doctor is in the casket. Oh my God. Then it's really hard to tell who did anything. And Jennifer sees a mummy outside their house. And then she gets uh, dressed up in an insensitive costume. And then she gets stuck in a sarcophagus. And then there's like just mummy everywhere, like raggedy ass mummy choking people and being very (laughs) strong. And then they realize it is Scooby-Doo. It's the director. Boom. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think I'm more confused about the episode. <laughs> I, You're welcome. Yeah. I just, I just, you just made me remember all these things that happened that I don't, didn't remember. And now was I. Was the mummies you forgot about? Yeah. I didn't remember there was a mummy. <laughs> now I feel like I have less of a grasp on it. Well, maybe Exciting. I can help. Maybe I can, maybe I can clear, maybe. clear some things up for you. I'm open to it. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry this, that this I laid zero groundwork first. for anyone else to succeed. It was not <laughs> intentional. You opened the field. <laughs> okay, yeah. murder rap. Uh, the Municipal Museum of Art is opening an Egyptian <laughs> exhibit uh, that is very tacky. And uh, on opening night, the 
scientist that uncovered the remains of Prince What's-His-Name is found in the sarcophagus dead uh, because a mummy murdered him. Uh, <laughs> the cops show up and they're stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, what Jennifer talks to the scientist lady with big glasses a lot. Um, there is a Greek man dressed in brown, uh, dressed uh, living in brown face, hmm. um, who is supposed to be Egyptian and is a devotee to this uh, prince of Egypt. Uh, him and I'm assuming his ancient mother. Um, and <laughs> mm-hmm. he walks around in an Anubis mask, which is hilarious. Uh, and it is a Scooby-Doo episode where they rip the mask off of the mummy and it's the museum director and he would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for the meddling hearts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, really, you, you think you don't know what happened in this episode? Nothing happened in this episode. I guess episode. kind of nothing happened. All right. Some, I don't know. Some serious Scooby-Doo Oh, yeah. it's, it is dewy. It is Scooby-Doo. It's dewy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me think. <laughs> All right. You can do this, Joe. I can do you it. Always, you're always the ringer. <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. Murder rap. In a very black tie episode of Heart to Heart, Jonathan <laughs> and Jennifer go to an opening of an Egyptian exhibit in the museum, but the museum director is dead in the coffin, and so they have to try to figure out what happened to him, and there's a man from Cairo with the exhibit running around and staring at them a lot, even though they don't seem to mind it, uh, <laughs> and Jennifer looks a lot like the princess that is part of the exhibit, the statue, even though she doesn't at all look like her, which is just like, they just made that up. Uh, so anyways, the mummy uh, attacks them multiple times. It goes goes to the heart's house. They find uh, Assad finally gets Jennifer, captures her with a little sleeping vial around her neck. He gifts her a vial of sleeping potion. She falls asleep. He puts her in a tomb and he's about to stab her and she's shrieking and then the mummy... Or somebody comes in, I don't remember what happens, and knocks him away. Yeah, the mummy knocks him away. (laughs) And then Jonathan comes and beats up the mummy and then saves Jennifer. And it's the museum director who was the mummy all along, even though he punched through a fucking rock. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Are we going to talk about how weirdly strong the museum director was? Yes. (laughs) You have to explain that. There's so many things. I mean, this episode really it really struck me because i re- remember it as being one that i really loved um as a kid seeing it and in the times that i've seen it over the years um it has made me laugh for many re- different reasons but actually sitting down and and focusing on this episode um this time even though i realized it seemed like i wasn't focusing on it from that minute max I just, oh my God, there's just so <laughs> many things that I have to say about it. I just, I don't even know how to organize those thoughts. I'm just going to be shooting wildly <laughs> around the room. <laughs> things are just going to be ricocheting everywhere. <laughs> pew, pew. So uh, it's going to happen. I'm talking slowly for me now, but I it might happen my one question for Ellen, who works at a museum, is, and I think I <laughs> and think, there lies the problem. Yeah, I think I know yeah. the answer to this question already, but please tell me if Ooh, you I'm excited about the question. If you had an exhibit that included a lit torch on the wall, and you closed <laughs> the exhibit, would you leave that torch lit overnight? Oh, you know what? 
That is such a great question because <laughs> I don't even have to answer it because we would never have an exhibition <laughs> with a lit torch. The lit torch on the but, wall. But uh, thank you for for the question. Does anyone else have any? <laughs> I guess anything? do do well from your extensive knowledge of mummies <clears throat> and their wrappings. Um, do you? believe that they are as flame retardant as they were in this episode mm. where whereas a museum director simply wrapped in a mummy's uh bandages was able mm. to extinguish said <laughs> lit torch yeah. with his hands because it seems like said museum director slash disguised mummy <laughs> um <laughs> exhibited superhuman strength like to the point where i guess supernatural levels of strength yes um so much so that it is remarked upon within the episode which seems very very weird because it doesn't seem like you needed the mummy to be that strong necessarily Mm. but um i feel like maybe the mummy wrappings have you know all the use like the myrrh and the frankincense and then also maybe like pcp like maybe they're soaked in pcp because that the director is acting like he's angel dusted (laughs) and but i and so i feel like the clapping your fake mummified hands over um a burning torch enough to extinguish it and freak out the person that's just going with the horror movie classic which is back 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 evil dark thing with Mm -hmm. torch like legit, Jonathan, wise. <laughs> like I would do the same, maybe. But yeah, I think maybe those bandages are there's some PCP, or maybe it's like something where they figure out that there's like the weird, you know, Salem witch trials mold or something mm. inside the wrappings, <laughs> and that gives you that gives you, you know, like the hallucinogenic and the PCP effects. I feel like we could really yeah. There's some theories. The reason that they're at that museum at that point, though, is very dumb because <laughs> <laughs> they let. They know Assad <laughs> is the enemy, and they get a gift from him that is a vial with some unidentified liquid in it, and they let Jennifer wear that to go meet him, and then that it's made no sleeping sense. potion. That made no sense whatsoever. <clears throat> right. But they but, knew he was the enemy at that point. Right. But they use it to put the bug on. Right. But that wouldn't, wouldn't they have, yeah. wouldn't That doesn't thought- necessarily answer the, <laughs> yeah. the why part, but it's like it's useful. I just feel like Jonathan would have would have or Jennifer for that matter or Max would have been like, "Hey, uh, how about we empty that out?" Yeah, let's wash it out. <laughs> Give it a like, rinse. Let's let's wash it I... and then we'll then we'll put it back. Like then we can go with this plan. Mm-hmm. Well, in their not defense, I think Max and Jonathan uh, much like they were through this entire episode, they were too busy making racist comments mm. about Egypt. Egyptians, slurs about museums, etc. <laughs> so that may have distracted them from doing practical things <laughs> like not letting your wife go with someone that you have already called in this episode like 900 times. You've just legit said the word crazy mm-hmm. to describe that person. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of, there's so many questions yeah. um, that I think shall remain unanswered. But I mm. want to talk just touch briefly on the fact that the just the description of the story of okay right because we none of us got to it so the the show is focused around these two mummies correct mm-hmm. um and so there's the prince and the princess and the 
sickening museum director when he's speaking for the in the place of the doctor that he has murdered earlier uh, in the day. He describes the backstory for the prince and the princess as what just sounds like crazy domestic violence in ancient <laughs> Egypt, right? Yes. So he's like, oh, the prince... Um, the princess, whatever she, he she wanted her to cheating. do with him, and she was yeah, she's cheating on him, and so he like pulls like the <laughs> Romeo and like Juliet. an ancient murder suicide, right? Yeah. Except <laughs> twist, she doesn't die, and blah 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 blah. Mm. And then there's just the weird thing where Mustafa Assad, who is described as being the representative of the Cairo Antiquities Service, mm-hmm. which is one of the few things that actually seems yes. semi-realistic about this episode to me, which is, of course, there is an Egyptian antiquities. Uh, association it's a real thing and then also for me the fact that you would have someone traveling with these artifacts is also legit whether it's from Mm. egypt or not so those things seem very real and it's obviously like a referring to the popularity because this is a year after the end of the four-year run of the king tut exhibit Mm. i didn't know that um, I, i like that too because it wasn't just a bunch of stolen artifacts so as you know that, yes, that's the one thing that isn't I know. offensive about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> the engagement of the museum and the object. But then the way they use that character actually makes is kind of worse. It was really gross. How'd you know he was Greek? It's Did you look really him up? bad because oh, he's the guy from Days of Our Lives. Well, I also I uh, looked him up and his name is uh, Theos. <laughs> okay, uh, with two he's A's. He's Australian, and he is Australian. Oh, uh, but he's yeah, he's he's of Greek ancestry, uh, and he, that that ain't Egypt. But uh, whatever. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. just one of, one of the many things we can complain about for this episode. The, the cult vibe thing made me think of one of my favorite, kind of also fairly insensitive, um, Egyptian-esque. Can we call it that? <laughs> Egyptian-esque is, of course, the cult in uh, Young Sherlock Holmes, mm. oh, which yeah. is one of my favorite movies I saw as a young person. Yes. Because um, Sherlock Holmes. But there's like... That's that same trope of just like the person who is involved with this cult like uh, situation is just so much always the same. It's just always the same, same, same thing. They're always so able to have like this kit that they must travel with that's like Insta shrine and they put it anywhere and they just have these elaborate shrines and then there's always stuff burning and you know, just all of the, the dumb shit. But the thing that was really weird and Eric, you brought it up, is who is that old woman and why is the representative in 1981 from the, quote, Cairo Antiquity Service, unquote, why is that guy staying in yeah. uh, some, like, weird dump with an old lady? <laughs> and it's also just like, is that the fake New York Street on the lot? Yeah. Well- <laughs> so it was like they they were like, we need it to be extra row housey and weirdly and seedy and dumpy. Yeah. Um, but it's like, why is he staying there? Is that supposed to make him seem more sinister? Why is the old lady even there? Like she has absolutely no reason to be there. Did she activate right? the she potion? Doesn't, she doesn't. That's what I, I guess. Th- but why wouldn't he well, already have it? I don't know. <laughs> but she's she's in the episode of like three times. Yeah. And it's like. What she frowns at Jonathan, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then he yells at her and she yells back and then he runs away. It was weird, I, I didn't get that either. It's a very weird, very weird uh part. It's a little New York in LA. <laughs> Here's what I what I didn't understand mainly was why the museum director chose to just wear that mummy costume out, yeah. Um, what was like, he was just you know, doing? wandering around in the mummy, co- went to Bel Air to uh, <laughs> yeah. 
taunt the hearts in a mummy costume. And <laughs> oh, hmm. you went to thirty one hundred Willow Willow Pond Lane. <laughs> yes, in Bel Air. Is, is I mean, but he's. I feel like that question can be answered in two words. Scooby-Doo. Scooby <laughs> so you're right, you're right. it's not, I mean, the motivation of why the museum director is doing it, I feel I can speak to with some, I can speak to an informed way. But in terms of just why he's Scooby doing it like that, I'm not sure. Wait, what is it's his scary Because it's scary and it's kind of awesome when Jennifer sees the mummy I, at their I, house. Yeah. I that loved is it. great. The, that and her, she sees the mummy through the window and that shot mm-hmm. was great. The yes. first shot of the mummy with the light behind it was great. really great. Like, I, and I got so excited about this episode and then it yeah, just spiraled mummy. into this mm-hmm. like sub Scooby-Doo. <laughs> but what kind was of his thing. motivation? He was trying to make a hit. I, I assumed he was trying to make a hit uh, exhibit. He was trying to get Jennifer, yeah. right? Well, no, it's two, uh, Mustafa Assad and the director, Cole Moorfield. Uh, they have they have two different entirely different motivations mm-hmm. that are happening at the same time right so what what was the museum director i get assad he, he wanted to make a make it a hit exhibit so he so mm-hmm. so he making it seem that the mummy was real uh was at the the curse of the mummy was real mm-hmm. um would would dig up it drives attendance yeah. and he he remarks on how great the attendance was to big glasses uh melissa dr big glasses melissa hillborn <laughs> but he also he actually says which is weird hot on the heels of how incredibly popular um the king tut exhibition was he says front row at a tomb isn't exactly the hottest ticket in town yeah <laughs> like i my memory of that King Tut thing anyway, which admittedly was real, not mm-hmm. the heart to heart thing. But um, man, you would just stand in line for just hours and hours and hours, which as a child was years and years and years to go to that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what's up with Cole Moorfield, but I he seems to me uh, like a very realistic depiction of a museum director. Oh, shots Uh-oh. fired. Have you have you known any museum directors whose first move for publicity was to choke <laughs> out the, <laughs> the scientists? Yeah. <laughs> um, not in a literal sense, but absolutely. <laughs> Figuratively. So absolutely. There's also no, I mean my present my present museum director who is a delightful person, notwithstanding. Um yeah, absolutely. Totally. <laughs> this this is this is so many of, of those things, which I realize now I'm just like, wow, it's always so it's so weird that they go there with it hmm. because it's such a specific niche, like to have it be a museum thing. And the focus is how the museum director wants to make the show popular and blah, blah, blah. Like some of the stuff that they say and do is sort of like, wow, that's hmm. actually very real and, <laughs> and unusually specific Hmm. it is a trope for a reason i think like there's because it's that's a frequently used thing of like a museum director usually it's a a museum in trouble or you know like they've lost funding for something blah 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 uh also very real yeah so (laughs) there's also this other scientist girl that has a great look at the beginning with the giant glasses oh yes melissa melissa Melissa. Melissa at one point takes her glasses off and takes her hair down and seems like she's going to be evil, but then isn't. Yeah. She was kind of a red herring. 
Yeah, that part's okay. actually pretty good. I love the way that they kind of linger on her a couple times just to sort of yeah. psych you out on what what her involvement okay. is. And it takes a long time for them to reveal, too, that she's not in it. Yeah, that she was just yeah, no, she you got have to see her unconscious moment. body under the like, Yeah, I mean, the wall. she's just, yeah. Very uh, weird. That collateral, collateral damage. I feel like they went beyond red herring with her for some reason. I don't know why it just didn't sit right. I thought it was an awkward. Uh, I was just confused about it. I guess that's which is the point of a red herring. Yeah, but I, <laughs> it worked. It worked. <laughs> yeah, it just worked too well. Maybe <laughs> she just was acting so evil. She acted completely differently. I think she's just English. Maybe like that's. <laughs> it was just sort a, of. <laughs> she's just English. English living enough. in L.A. Yeah, right. Proper. The yeah. accent. It was very <laughs> the undoing or something. Right. In and out. In and out. Um. Despite the flaming torches, I did love that Cole Moorfield um, told his guests, his VIP guests, to leave their coats and drinks at the door before they went into the room with the multiple burning torches. And he knew uh, a corpse. Mm-hmm. So that part, not I guess not the corpse part, but whatever. <laughs> that part was good good the, realistic well the the good. the other good part to me <laughs> were the headlines good. of the newspapers <laughs> yes mummy yeah. kills daddy mummy kills daddy made me actually so laugh out loud good. yeah and also so mummy great. wanted for questioning is yeah. pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> why did it say daddy i'm confused about that too because the the doctor discovered was on the in charge of the dig where they discovered these uh, mummies. So yeah. he was the mummy's daddy. Yeah. Okay. Weird. I mean, totally in colonial weird. language, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a funny headline. I mean, that's like it headless, was funny. Yeah. Headless. <laughs> then man uh, I love when bar. after the mummy comes into their house or to the Hart's house, mm-hmm. and Jonathan doesn't believe Jennifer. She calls the police, and he goes outside. Right. And then she says, it's a really weird moment where she says their address. And then she says, his name? Oh, my name. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're asking for the mummy's name. It was very strange. I think that was supposed to be a funnier moment than it ended up being. Yeah. (laughs) I thought Uh, most of the dialogue in this episode was really, really good and witty, though. Overall, there were some really good moments. Like when Max says, Oh, Max. uh, Once you've seen one old relic, you've seen them all. And Jonathan says, I can I quote you? And he says, you can quote the lady, the, the young, young lady, lady I was out with last <laughs> night. <laughs> That's so good. That was really good. I thought that was great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty snappy uh, dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's so, I was really distracted with this most recent viewing by about how intense um, Max and Jonathan's disdain for Mr. Assad and museums and Egyptian stuff are. I mean, like in the beginning of the episode when Jennifer and Jonathan seem to be in a contest to see who can engage in the most cultural appropriation before they go to the opening. (laughs) You know, Jennifer, it's so confusing to me because, you know, I'm usually always just on Jennifer's side. Like I don't even have to think about it. But when she's at the museum, I know she's just kind of like, you know, giving like the nod and the smile, but she's all about that fake ass tomb thing and the burning torches. And I was like, what's happening? And then in the dressing room, then it, she flips the script and she's all pro this or that and, and using slightly better terminology for the things and standing up for museums. But she also kind of stands up a little bit for a gross museum director and like the weird tchotchkes and all that stuff. But it's just, oh, just so many 
weird feelings about how everyone's <laughs> acting about the museum. And I know that's dumb because I'm acting. It's like, am I a museum? I'm taking it so personally. I don't think so. But it's just kind of, I think I was really just starting to focus on um, seeing it through like a 2020 lens, but also for myself, just finally really watching it with an eye to to the details in a way that wasn't just like in the past i've just laughed because the museum director thing just slays me every mm. time it sounds like no you're pun intended are you so do you agree more with the he wasn't the director but he was the, the head scientist the daddy yes <laughs> you agree with him about it being tacky and stupid the the tomb recreation basically or the crypt recreation, I guess, as they say. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's you know they they say so many that conversation between the director and the doctor is so crazy, right? Because he's like, nobody with the brain goes mm. to see to a museum to see a floor show, and then the director's like, oh, if we relied on people with brains to support the museum, there'd only be six and a half people, and you'd be one of them, or something mm. to that effect, right? And it's like, what's happening right now? <laughs> you know, it's the. The most realistic part in that scene is when um, Melissa Hilburn is just like, yeah, it's always like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. But also I, I love, um, it's kind of weird. It's like, I was talking about Robbie, the robot and uh, what's his face <laughs> that creates Robert, Robbie, the robot, right? Eric, something in, in <laughs> the the season to be murdered scientists. and how he kind of caresses it. And he's like, so proud of it. And I was talking about how that's how I see objects sometimes except for the caressing thing mm -hmm. but when dr whitlock is kind of like working as a way around the tacky fake thing he is sort of like looking at these objects with such affection and like touching them and he's just so clearly still despite all of the bullshit crap that comes with having to have museum exhibitions mm -hmm. that he's really feeling it right like mm -hmm. he's really feeling his discovery. And I feel I can say that because the presence of the Cairo Antiquities Service representative yeah. would mean that it was not, it was, he had found it, but it was in concert with the right. Egyptian government. Right, yeah. So yeah. I loved that. I mean, I don't even know what to say about the storage area situation <laughs> because of course museum storage area is, is where I do the majority of my actual work. Does it look and, like that? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. And of course too, I should say like I have worked at uh, history museums, but I, you know, I work at an art museum and so our collections and the way that we, you know, just the things we have, it's different, but yeah. you're forced to learn about how to deal with all of them. You so. don't have suits of armor and like Anubis heads <laughs> everywhere. I don't. I wish I had a big costume Anubis head yes. because that was like a hot, 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 hot look. Yeah. <laughs> the museum party though, at the beginning of the episode was very black tie and I will, I did appreciate that. I really like that that interior i don't know if they shot at the actual museum is there a municipal museum i don't believe so i, I could not so tell you what that building is it was really cool though it um, looked really 70s and great i just i was surprised that they got dominique to sub in for jim <laughs> yeah her hair pulled back <laughs> it's true that costume is that, just the blue eyeshadow the hair pulled back the, the oh, giant hair me. She is full on Egyptian princess costume. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Absolutely. It's Jennifer, so she looks great, but it's like, that's so embarrassing to wear that. <laughs> that's If you actually think about really wearing something like that to an Egyptian opening in a museum, it's so cringy. Yeah, it's, it's tacky. <laughs> like, yeah, but stuff like that happens 
all oh, the yeah. time Ugh. for museum openings and events. Maybe now we've finally reached a place where museums would think twice before having certain themes, but you know, yeah. it's not yeah. so long ago that people are like, come to our university affiliated art gallery and we're going to have an Indian themed uh, party. And it's like, oh, that seems bad. That yeah. seems bad. And so that stuff happens all the time. So I feel like Jennifer, I mean, I don't want her to do that, but I think that museums encourage people to do that actively. They encourage them to engage in cultural <laughs> cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just a not a good, no. but a tried and true tradition. Mm -hmm. And then she gets mistaken for an Egyptian princess, which totally makes sense. I... I couldn't understand <laughs> that at all. That statue looked nothing like that. Her. Statue looked nothing like anyone. Mm -hmm. It was a bronze statue of mm -hmm. just female features. Yeah. Like that was it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it had no <laughs> character. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seemed like because we already know that they will paint a likeness of Jennifer for an episode, that they didn't go in a little deeper to make the yeah princess likeness a little bit more um I believable that being played up a little bit in the episode would have made that's my rewrite a little bit is that the likeness thing and the mistaking her for the princess thing is played mm -hmm. up a little bit more because it was right like the lingering shots on like the yeah sarcophagus or something like that would have built that up to creepier i think i wanted more more of that too like more I guess just creepier. Like I, I wanted to, <laughs> yeah. to dig into the creep more, but like it would have just been more offensive because it would have just <laughs> been yeah. the guy in brown face um, yes. reciting nonsense and uh, yeah. you know putting stuff on his shrine. Mm -hmm. But whereas if they focused on the museum director plot line, I guess I don't find murdering people offensive. That wouldn't have been mm -hmm. offensive to me. I think they should have doubled down on, like, it's like, do twice the, the murderer dresses a mummy creepiness. Like, why isn't the mummy just lurking ev around every corner? Because mm -hmm. um, I do, of course, love that it's like, is it a mummy? And mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons I loved this episode as a kid was because it's spooky. It's spooky. Yeah. Um, but there's just... The dual um, plot lines. Yeah. The double, the double kind of, twist. Yeah. It, the the wires get crossed. Yeah. It kind of shorts out a Which little bit. Which is sort of clever. Sort of. I can see mm -hmm. how that distilled down would have been a clever idea to have Mustafa believing that right. the mummy is real and that he's come back. And so he has to get Jennifer. I like I like that idea, sort of. I think, I think my yeah, mind is, is going clever. to um, Inca Mummy Girl. Uh, from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, the oh, Inca God. Mummy Girl episode, where, oh, <laughs> uh, but like, <laughs> it's sorry. to think that this, <laughs> to think that the the guy oh, in brown yeah, face uh, needs to be a more sensitively drawn character is uh, is like, yeah, half, you know, like it's it's half of the problem talked about yet never none of the problem addressed. Uh, mm. But but why? <laughs> Why couldn't he have been, I don't know, like an expert on this cult or whatever, <laughs> and possibly like, you know, a, a believer in some other weird, you know, thing that we would find, Americans would find weird. Um, but I don't know, him being skeptical of the existence of the mummy and then having like basically the, them proving that the mummy is actually real. That's a more interesting story to me. Yeah. 
Um, and that that gives him that gives that character less of a cartoonish <laughs> Scooby Doo yeah, henchman like, sort of vibe. <laughs> well, it, it was makes... just also offensive. Like it, it yeah. just was gross. Yeah. Like the whole thing was just gross. I I'm I'm trying to correct the wrong thing the wrong thing in this scenario. <laughs> it makes him seem I mean this this man who it's stated in the episode comes from a long line uh, like a very, very long line of people that were guardians of tombs, yeah. right? Of crypts. That's an interesting thing to note at the mm-hmm. beginning. And, and then you're kind of like, oh, that is really interesting. But it kind of just goes flat because yeah. then the minute he becomes uh, obsessed and he doesn't become this very first scene, it's it just makes him seem simple and it's confusing you know we're just it's just like why is he doing that it's like this guy has for somehow uh made it to the point where he is representing i guess it's cairo he's representing (laughs) cairo Cairo. not Uh. egypt per se but he's representing (laughs) the cairo antiquity service so it's like so that guy who Jonathan describes multiple times as crazy like he has worked his way up to the point where he's escorting what would be you know, millions of dollars worth of cultural treasures, mm. no matter what. He's responsible for that. That's how couriering works. And it just, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. not good. But but I can see too, like Joe, when you, when you say like, yeah, it's to have the two plots at the same time, it is kind of pretty great. It just didn't quite come off. Like the, it just didn't, the pacing, I think just didn't quite make it fire. And I don't know, like I'm, it's not, Ellen's rewrite corner. So I'm not sure what would have to be tweaked to yeah. make it. Well, uh, Mustafa's work. Um, his motivation is very clear. And, but the museum director's motivation is non existent almost to murder people to make his exhibit more popular doesn't really make sense at all to me. So, oh, it makes a million percent. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I don't, I don't understand know. why I, that. Would... I get it. I understood that part of it. Um, to have a scandal. I mean, from the beginning, as soon as the mummy showed up and killed that guy, <laughs> I was like, "Oh well, it's the museum director." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, even when he punched through a then solid the superhuman, rock, <laughs> the superhuman strength is like yeah. the weird. Yes. They, they, thing. Just, they just don't address any of these things enough for me. Uh-huh. Like it was it, this this episode was kind of lazily put together. <laughs> they made a point too of um, Jonathan not being able to lift the tomb lid off because it was solid stone and he had to use that pulley system. And then the mummy comes out and just punches straight through it. Yeah, so you made a point about how tough that was, how strong that stone was, and then you had a, just a man punch through it. So doesn't really uh, make it, sense. It makes it seem like just dressing like a mummy makes you super yeah, yeah. super strong. So I'm I, I'm going to stick with my thing about there being uh some sort of mold or something that has a PCP like <laughs> I think that's on the wearer. But also it's kind of like for me the bigger question that is you know not addressed for obvious reasons it's like what did he denude some other remains in order to find enough <laughs> wrappings to be the mummy mm-hmm. or is it like he just took some off of the remains of the princess and like put it on the outside or is he just leaving actual bits of ancient wrappings like just at places where they're like the mummy the yeah. mummy the mummy the big feet right where there's a confusing <laughs> exchange with the dumb policeman where jennifer's like uh, you found footprints and he's like hmm 
we found a prince of feet or something like that yeah, where he yeah. basically says like and it's like what are you talking yeah, about? yeah. what does that mean that's footprints it's like, yeah. that's, a footprint. <laughs> that's what a footprint is <laughs> yeah so but they were large and not didn't have shoes on yeah they didn't have shoes so yeah. it was their feet i don't know there's just <laughs> they kept bringing this, up mm. myrrh as the thing that Jennifer it knocks Jennifer out, and all the wrappings smell like myrrh. Pretty much everything in the episode smells like myrrh. Uh, the wrappings would smell like myrrh. Yeah, that's and one of the, the one of the funny one of the funniest things in the episode is Max says myrrh, as in moida, and it's like, no, Max, <laughs> yes. I didn't say moi. I said myrrh, as in murder, not moida. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why they bring up myrrh, right? I don't know. Pretty much. Because I, I guess it's it makes sense to the actual scientific history of embalming human beings. Yes, that apparently. is that is real. Yeah, so it made it really made the episode believable. <laughs> I um, once gave a dear friend who is as creepy as I am um, a perfume question mark mixture that was a blend of mummification oils, traditional mummification oils. Did it smell because good? Because I thought that was yeah. I mean, it smells good to me, but it's more like the idea of it's kind of interesting. Yeah. That may be terribly insensitive and fucked up. <laughs> smells good. It smells good. Probably keeps silverfish away from your uh, yeah. <laughs> precious paper ephemera. The thing that offended me most about the episode is when Melissa, right? That's her name? Yeah. She mm-hmm. says, I have to go check on some hieroglyphics. And Jennifer says, oh, how oh, symbolic, so symbolic of you. Symbolic of you. And I, that's just a very cringy moment of humor for me. So Yes, Jennifer. but then then Melissa looks red herringly, menacingly at Jennifer as yeah. she walks away. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hate it. I mean, I I didn't notice. Do you know? Do you remember any specific times Max and Jonathan were particularly offensive about Egyptian culture? I didn't really catch any of those moments. Uh, there was the <laughs> the asking if uh, his turban had come back from the dry cleaners. Mm-hmm. There was. Um, <sighs> I'm blanking. Max said that. To no, that was Mustafa? Jonathan said that to to Jennifer when they were getting when ready. they're getting when they're fighting oh, over sh- who will dress the most, uh, who will engage in the most <laughs> cultural appropriation <laughs> at the opening. It's definitely um, Jennifer. Then there's some stuff go that goes back and forth when the pendant arrives. That stuff mm. may be more about how they just want to say he's crazy over and over again. Or, mm-hmm. but to me, it's well, kind he of, did at the party from the very beginning. Mustafa stared at them very strangely and was following Jonathan and Jennifer around staring at them for the whole episode basically yeah whenever he was around them <laughs> so he's not staring at Jonathan he's staring at the princess the princess, the princess. <laughs> Jennifer looked exactly like the princess you look exactly like a uh, an expressionless brass um, <laughs> blob <laughs> that's offensive well, it's like when Jonathan is complimenting Jennifer on her cultural appropriation. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, very Nefertiti. Mm-hmm. Very Nefertiti. <laughs> he's, it's, he says it twice. And it's kind of like, oh, that's such a kick in the neck. Because then the bust of Nefertiti is such a flashpoint about repatriation and looting. And mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, it just gave me a shudder. Ooh. Yet it seemed wholly right within the context of this episode that he <laughs> yeah. would say that, mm-hmm. not once but twice. But it's just like, oh no, that they no. couldn't. They couldn't have said Cleopatra. They couldn't have just gone 
like thespian with it yeah, instead of Cleopatra. Just go full bullshit yeah. Elizabeth Taylor version Cleopatra. Yeah. Um and then the last the last <laughs> note I have is about when uh Mustafa <laughs> is gonna stab Jennifer and the noises that she makes she goes, are Oh no no please don't <laughs> <laughs> No 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 Her screams in this episode are hilarious. Really, really good. They are so funny. <laughs> no no please <laughs> It's like a it's like a Kathy Ack kind of. <laughs> I have to give it to Mustaf though that he ties her up with really like metallic rope. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, he totally undresses her because she's wearing a different dress when he when she falls asleep. Yeah. Then he completely undresses her and puts her in that princess outfit and then puts those staff things in her hands. Yeah. I don't know what they're called. The, as you refer to them as <laughs> the candy canes. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I <laughs> thought it would be offensive. <laughs> it is Christmas time now. It is holiday season. <laughs> it makes sense. Ho, ho, ho. When Jennifer is in the storage space and she boops. Thank you. Yeah. The Anubis. <laughs> yeah. That was my one note was uh was Jennifer boops Anubis. And I was just like, I sort of I sort of love that. That, that was turns my to look because at her. it's <laughs> like because there's nowhere in the episode that I'm I'm led to believe that they actually had a wearable oh, yeah. uh, mask of yeah. Anubis. But in the storeroom. But yeah. when when that masks <laughs> she boops the mask and then it slowly turns like the snowman. So good. Uh-huh. It's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's a lot of the Scooby Doo elements in this are really on point, and I yeah. super love. Yeah. And so, all of the many insensitivities aside, I just sort of, you know, there's just it's there's a lot of confusing feelings for me. Yeah. I wish it would have doubled down on the Scooby Doo ness. Then, like, I wish it was way more Scooby Doo. Like, uh, Jonathan and Jennifer should have. Tried to run away, but just ran in place for like 30 seconds. <laughs> and fr- like freeway, yeah. freeway could have been there the whole time. <laughs> freeway should have grabbed snacks. the mummy, the mummy bandage and then pulled on it. And then he should have spun around. That's unwrapping. Mm-hmm. That's 100%. I mean, Melissa happened. Hilburn is clearly Velma. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. She should have dropped it's... her glasses and been looking for them the whole time. Max is Her, shaggy. I, I want to talk about some things that I, I mean, there's, there's many things that I love that I've already, already mentioned, but um, I know it's confusing when we talk about episodes that are, oh, this word that are problematic, right? Mm. It's hard to really like talk about them in the same way. And of course we shouldn't talk about them in the same way, but there's still things that in this episode that I love. And one of them is Melissa Hilburn slash Velma's, uh, turquoise blue dress that she wears to the opening yes her hair is so good i love jennifer's white fur coat like all of it actually i love melissa's brown fur coat like it's joe your your black tie dreams coming true for that scene yeah um it's melissa's outfit that i super Mm. love really Mm. good and i love her big glasses i love her big glasses that that look uh by sitting by the fountain or whatever was my favorite Mm -hmm. look in the episode with her Mm -hmm. hair up in in a weird like school marm bun thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the giant the also glasses known as, that I was as like academic yes yeah. like <laughs> academic female those glasses bun. are so big they they yeah. look like they weigh thirty pounds yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> at least they didn't do the the classic like she's all that or I've mentioned it before the good heavens Miss Sakamoto you're beautiful thing I mean, they kind right of, they just let they, they just, kind of do but. But only for us. Like it's <laughs> Yeah. Like she takes right. off the glasses and lets her hair down and then we're like, oh shit, like you're a vamp. 
and, and becomes mm-hmm. evil. Yeah, and that's uh, of course right. that's why we think that's why the red herring works is because we're like, well, she's too beautiful to just be an academic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh no, for me it was like she's. It wasn't that. It's perhaps because I work surrounded by beautiful academics. <laughs> um, I do, but. Um, for me, it was just more like there was there's a second where it's like, is she with that gross museum director? Yeah, oh. I thought she. That's was what be. made me think like, oh, that it, that they were like just just doing her up that way because then she was going to make out with Icky, yeah, Cole Moorfield on his desk or whatever. Uh, Thank thought, goodness that did not happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, what else you got, Ellen? <laughs> I've, 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 I have nothing. <laughs> what else do I have? More, that, I have nothing that I more like. to talk. We've talked about everything that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> it's this is an episode I kind of knew this. Like, yeah. This is this is another one where it's like once you start unraveling this mummy, huh. there's just oh. less less and less of it to look at. So it turns to dust. Yeah, it turns to dust. Uh, we're just left with the faint so, scent of myrrh. so many mummy metaphors. <laughs> they really um, uh, stepped up their freeze frame game. Yeah, for the commercial breaks, the freeze frames <laughs> in this true. were great. They were really good freeze frames. So this this one, yeah, it just doesn't quite come off in terms of it being like a horror episode mm-hmm. or a spooky episode. But it, those are the parts that I love, of course, the spooky episodes. And then I just have all these other layered, confusing feelings about cultural insensitivity and then mm-hmm. all of the museum deets mm-hmm. for better or for worse. So it's kind of like I, I sort of love it because any TV or film depiction of your your work or your job are always so hilarious it's i can't tell if it's if it's more satisfying when they get it right or when they get it wrong but i feel like every single occupation ex- that is ever acknowledged is is uh a victim of this where it's like <laughs> that is for entertainment use only yeah <laughs> uh, i cannot wait for a record producer moment mm-hmm. i cannot wait mm-hmm. i'm gonna assume his name is like Johnny Flash. S- f- uh, I was gonna Johnny say Flash. I was gonna say Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Flash Lightning. It would be like Johnny Slacks or something. Like it would be like a. It's a. <laughs> it would be another like Lightning. Or, lightning Flash. You, you you wouldn't have like a. It wouldn't, wouldn't be a nickname like uh, a la Mutt Lang. It wouldn't be like the Madman or the <laughs> <laughs> the Madman. <laughs> the Killer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's murdering yeah. those tracks. Um, Joe, do you have no more? Do you have any more questions beyond the, the, <laughs> the torch? Well, I realized that Assad may have lit that torch, so that kind of explains that. And then the stone could have been foam, fake stone, if we're going to give the benefit of the doubt to the episode. But not any more museum related questions. I mean,. Okay. I would be interested in going to a museum party like that. The Seattle Art Museum always did, tried to do that remix thing, yeah, which was sort of like that. But oh, remix is actually fun though. And is cool. it? I, yeah. I had a wonderful time performing at Remix. Oh, nice! I didn't. Yeah, remix is wonderful good. Time. Remix is meant to be, I think, less stuffy. Not that, like yeah. the opposite of right. those black tie. Uh, velvet rope boring ass if you're gonna throw things. one of those you're inviting a bunch of people who could be donors basically right yes rich people who might absolutely okay it's just because of that traditional pipeline of funding and it just is you know it's just the same thing it's development or advancement or however whatever word people want to use for that to support 
the arts to support culture. It's just this tired old system. Um, and there's just so many things I could say about it, but I will say like my perspective as a museum and culture worker is that when we work really hard, you know, we, we have, are, have been working on any exhibition that you see open up. We've been working on it for probably about three years, give or take. Um, so by the time we're at a place where we are having an opening event of any kind, it's like, for me, the last steps are we are up in that, that gallery, you know, placing the objects and, and getting it ready for public consumption. And then it's like, and then the opening. And there's been some where we have finished, you know, the same night as the opening being scheduled, you know, things hit the calendar um, way in advance. And sometimes things go left and right haphazardly um, in terms of just timing. It's challenging. Sometimes I just want to go because I want to be drunk so super bad and, <laughs> you know like it's a lot and and I go with the full knowledge that never never do I ever think it's going to be fun hmm. fun is not because it's work yeah. fun is not um, part of it yeah and you know like I love any excuse to slick on uh, the lipstick and put on an Egyptian princess but outfit <laughs> but it's it's hard sometimes Sorry, I'm really getting, I'm really having a personal uh, exploration right now. But yeah, so it's like, it's, it's, the openings are not, certainly not for me. Yeah, uh, I definitely have, uh, <laughs> I don't know what type of person, personality it is. I'm not an introvert or an extrovert where sometimes uh, social activities like that are so draining and sometimes they're super energizing mm -hmm. so i go back and forth on that so if i was in the mood to not be around a bunch of people like that it could be so fucking draining and you can't control when you're going to feel like that so mm -hmm. i am with you on that one that would be oh, yeah. really hard to do a lot of the time but I that's mean, what i thought being an adult was going to be <laughs> honestly was like going to museum openings and like fancy black oh, tie wow. things oh god <laughs> i was like a gay where kid do i send in my Montana. <laughs> My sympathy card, Joe. Just kidding. I already I know where to send it. I know where you live. Just to my home um, address. <laughs> well, I mean, for future reference, if we ever are back in the museum actively and we have glamorous openings, mm. um, I want to come to you. Some. Are of course more than welcome to join me. And I do love to dress up the hilt. Although sometimes mm. I just think I'm going to, and then I'm like, I can't. And then I just put on a weird thing at my desk and go upstairs. Ooh, I love that. But. Um, yeah, it's sometimes it is really fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a crapshoot. Mm -hmm. But I'm always, always proud of the people that I work with and the actual work that we do. Yeah. So that's awesome just to be clear. But sometimes it's like, I can't believe how quickly all those super rich donors eat all the tiny hamburgers. And I'm just standing here. <laughs> I worked all day on this. <laughs> well, speaking of crapshoots, it's time. Oh. To or pick, pick your pug. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of ambivalent openings. <laughs> God, crapshoots is more no, disgusting. I can already um, hear, I can already feel the wah-wah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ellen. They're both gross. Yes. Do Aaron. you, have you, were you able to scrounge, <laughs> scrounge up? <laughs> From the dregs of an Egyptian dig, <laughs> a poke from this episode. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh man, 
Um, because I'm trying to be like a better sport about pick your poke. I mean, not really. I guess I'm not really doing <laughs> Illustrated that. by um, that preamble. <laughs> yeah. You didn't whisper uh, like, God, oh God, no, under your breath while we started it. So <laughs> <laughs> you weren't, you didn't say, oh, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> it's that old woman. No, um, it's, <laughs> it's the crone. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's Melissa Hilburn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's she's mine too. Oh, really? Close, this, close to my heart. Maybe not in real life. Not close to my vagina. But yeah, close to my heart, <laughs> for sure, and close to my mind. There, so yeah. that's that's a kind of intimacy that exists, as I understand it. So. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah, Melissa. Um, she mm. was the most attractive person in the episode. Definitely. And that's just that. Like mm. this was, this was a. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was and she's one of those sorry. dry. Episode. And she says the greatest thing ever. Actually, I'm sorry that I didn't bring this up earlier, but Melissa says the she has the dialogue that all sinister, uh, cartoonish yet very real museum director dialogue aside, she talks to what she thinks is the the just the remains in a way that I absolutely would talk to artwork oh, and reflection. Yeah. She's like, "There's that's where you've been hiding." You know, like she says something to the effect of like, stay right there. I'm going to get someone to put you back to bed. And that's a million percent real. She mm. would not handle that artifact and put it back in the, the sarcophagus. No. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. It's a hundred wow. pounds. It's a hundred pounds of mummy. They they said. <laughs> but that's not why she wouldn't do it. It's, oh. it's she, the curator would not do that. Yeah. My poke is Anubis. <laughs> Anubis. Yeah. <laughs> the real one. <laughs> Joe uh, loves a jackal. Wait, who was in Anubis? The Anubis costume was that Mustafa. Mus- Mustafa Assad was, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, um, but because the, the mummy was there too. Yeah, right. They didn't know each other. Were were in no, the same room, and they all but bumped into each other. Yeah. and did a zoinks. Uh, kind of <laughs> great. Yeah, I did really Jinkies. like him. Jinkies. I liked him in that Anubis hat. He had this, I think it was a black jumpsuit or cat mm-hmm. burglary type outfit. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Melissa, but it was, I guess it was him. Uh, and he looked great in it. So, yeah. that's my poke. <laughs> well, um, ratings zero to five <laughs> is our scale. <laughs> um. And this this may be another man with the jade eyes thing where I I look back and it is Ellen's re-rate for season two. But mm, I guess my feelings about a museum in what I see as museum in jokes or things that I relate to because my job is is connected to what's in this episode. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> um, doesn't necessarily inform if this is a good episode. Mm. Um, but I always want to give props. When things are creepy or dark. And it's like, that's pretty dark to kill your colleague to boost attendance at your exhibition. Yeah. Or I hope that's dark because I don't want any of my colleagues to get any (laughs) funny ideas. But um, gosh, my first impulse was to say three. But I'm wondering if three is is actually just oozing with nostalgia for me. Um, It's okay. This episode is very culturally insensitive and there is brown face, but I have to be, be true to the fact that there's a lot. I, I totally said things I like about it. I'm going to give it, Oh, I'm going to give it a one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to give it a one yeah. because I don't, I feel like it's not, I have to be 
be honest about the things that I do enjoy about it and the things that are are true to to what makes me enjoy it mm. and the spookiness, which I support. But I cannot simply stand up for cultural insensitivity in regards to people of Asian heritage. So, hmm. nope, one. Uh, I am also giving it a one. Uh, I was going to give it a two. Wow. Because I do appreciate the scoobiness but again the more we talked about this episode the more i was just like i don't care for this episode i don't care for it like i liked two shots i liked some headlines i thought it was hilarious when jennifer screamed and that's it uh that's the extent of my like um oh and max had the good had the good line um but it's a one it's not a good episode i would not I, I would tell people, oh, you can skip this one if you need to. Huh. I did not dislike it as much. Uh, well, definitely there is cultural insensitivity abounding throughout. <laughs> uh, it was still clever in the dialogue, and it was black tie, which gives it a lot of bonus points for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm think I was thinking four. <laughs> really? But I feel bad. That's great. I feel don't bad. Don't feel bad. No, you, I just don't know. Don't feel bad. The the thing is, yeah, this is like yeah, black in my, tie is very important to it's you. It's very important to me, and it's, it was it's your spooky. Yeah, 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 it totally. Is. And it's black like a very clever. Spooky. The story is clever with a little tweak, but I'm in the I'm in the white guy echo chamber of should I rate it lower for to be offended on behalf of people like a community that I'm not a part of? This is something I don't. I truly don't know. When we're rating a television show, yeah, eighty one. <laughs> like, I really don't think that that's. <laughs> Is it like I feel bad giving it a higher score because it is slightly racist towards a group of people? Well, it is, but it's also yes. it's also done. I mean, like it's you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, we're, we're if your enjoyment of it wasn't affected by <laughs> that, then that's fine. Like that really is know. fine. Yeah. I, I enjoy a, a lot of very offensive things sometimes. Like I I love Raymond Chandler novels, uh, and they are the most sexist, racist, homophobic things in the world. And I love them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just, right. you have to make your own choices. And I, I don't think that you should feel judged because you enjoyed the episode. Right. It's like well, it my low rating is not based on the cultural, cultural appropriation no. stuff. It's based it's purely on how it was like a, a whack Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> like it, it just, <laughs> it didn't do enough Scooby stuff. But I kind of liked that about it too. Maybe I'll go 3.5. 3.5? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Racist. I know, because I'm no, racist. Uh, <laughs> White people. But it was definitely not as, uh, not that we need to compare, I guess, but the Jade Eyes thing, like the music in that. Was yeah, just, no, Jade Eyes was like slamming you in the face yeah. with just mm-hmm. but cheap the thing about, shots. The thing about Jade Eyes that we talked about is that it employed Asian actors. This did not. Right. Yeah. So that's, so that's, for me, it's the brown face that, that puts it in the basement. I know. Okay, I'll go three. I'm going to go three for, yeah. Final answer? <laughs> yeah, but I'm, as the same as Ellen, very open to looking back at this episode when we finish the season yeah. and mm-hmm. probably downrating it. <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to happen. Well, I need some time to, to process it. Yeah. Well, Murder Rap gets a five, which is the bargain basement heart murmur. Yeah. Um, mm. And yeah. 
I don't disagree with in that. terms of entertainment value. I think that's right. I it, Joe <laughs> Joe may have noticed. I just started texting yeah, halfway through this texting. episode. I was just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Like I, well, one, I was like, it's the, it's the museum director. I don't know why he's got superhuman strength, and apparently neither did the writers. So it was yeah. like, whatever. This, this just, it lost me. It mm. completely lost me. And only, the only the scream of Jennifer Hart <laughs> uh, pulled me back in for a, for a short moment. But yeah, you know what they didn't do? I guess this time they they usually give the villain motivation that's just monetary, and they kind of didn't. Yeah, they did. Yeah, the museum director wanted more money. Oh, uh, I guess. Yeah, like ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that needs to be more high stakes. His um, <laughs> involvement. Joe, that's very high stakes. Take. Money, <laughs> yeah. His involvement just, in murdering I, people needs to be more. High yeah, stakes. I no, I agree with Joe. Like, we needed to see that the municipal museum of art was in, like, yeah, in threat of closing, and then that week or like, <laughs> and his like, family, like his wife has cancer. And museum directors don't need that. Needed <laughs> to be that close. To the I just, I, I know. it's also, it's also <laughs> talked about how he wants the the glory of having. Yeah, he's talked about things, so it's it's both money and ego fuels. But murder, murder, though, like the the murder element of it, I find overkill. I would maybe um. <laughs> switch the role, the museum director, and then the daddy scientist. I would maybe switch them <laughs> so that the daddy scientist, because he's so closely emotionally connected to this tomb that he discovered, right? Mm-hmm. So he has more he's more volatile emotionally there was a moment where i thought because my mind went full scooby-doo and i did think for a moment maybe the scientist that was murdered in the beginning wasn't actually dead and that him and, mm. the, and him and the museum director were in cahoots for this maybe yeah um and then that and they were using a sod as like this scapegoat kind of like uh, this this guy is gonna make this all seem totally real. Yeah, that would be clever. Uh, that would have been. They, I would. Yeah. That would have bumped my score up to a two. <laughs> is is anyone wondering where the actual remains of the princess are? Yeah. So, well, they didn't. <laughs> I am. They didn't have those. I would be panicking if I was the collections manager at the municipal. <laughs> well, no, because she didn't die. Just right? fucking panicking. She, you know, the she didn't died. die. The prince died. She, was it the prince? So oh, they, the prince. She lived. Oh, her thing's empty. That's oh, you right. mean the, the because the, the curse. Where is are the remains of the prince? The mummy is the prince who yeah. who is coming back to to claim his princess. To claim his bride. Yeah, they never. Really... Where are the actual yeah. remains of the prince? <laughs> she got the fuck out. Of, she apparently went to Greece. No, like, the prince. Was... <laughs> no, that the guy who did oh. die because he took. Oh, he ate them. He ate them, and he used the rest as eye makeup. <laughs> made, I do like the eye makeup detail when they pull the thing off. Yeah, I did too. I, he made I drumsticks that was, that out of them. That was good. Heart murmur. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Ellen. Oh, he, yes. Ellen, does it yes. get any better? Does it get better? <laughs> you know, it's a roller coaster ride, isn't it? Um, well, right now it's the line for the roller coaster. <laughs> 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 um,. Originally airing January 13th, 1981. Murder in Paradise. Ooh. Monte Carlo again? At a croquet game in Hawaii, (laughs) a player is stabbed and dies at Jonathan's feet, muttering something about a key. Two of the spectators suddenly become interested in the hearts. Mm, Okay. 
croquet. <laughs> yeah, croquet as well for English people. I think just, yeah, I, I'm sticky, just looking wicked. forward to... Aloha. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this. I, I hope they're in Hawaii. I doubt it. They are? are? Okay. Really? Are I'm, that's I, I that's always, so shocking because LA, could you could fake it so easily. But it's also like the, every TV show goes to Hawaii. Uh, so it's yeah. like if you ever fake Especially Hawaii... Especially in 1981. Yeah. If you fake yeah. Hawaii, you're so cheap. Like they've already so. they've already gone to New York. Uh, they they can go to Hawaii. Yeah, it's, that's true. It's cool. Well, that's so that's our episode for tonight. Murder Thank rap. you guys for listening mm-hmm. to Murder Rap, which which sucked. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, follow us oh, on Instagram. So it was Murder Pod. Follow us on Twitter. Pod. It was Murder Pod. Write to us at it was at gmail.com. Send us your minute maxes. God Send us your it. minute maxes, people. Come on. We don't want to have to do this all the time. Um, actually, we do. Please, please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it means a lot. It really does. Yes. Um, maybe, maybe they, maybe they don't like it. Maybe it's, it's a, true. a hate fuck. Yeah, if you're hate fucking, well, you know what? Give us five stars and say I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cute. Uh, anyway, we're so. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening we really appreciate it and we love interacting with you guys when we, we can. love you uh, i've been super lazy on the instagram and i'm sorry about that but i'll get back on it and our friend freeway was in this episode quite a bit which was nice although he very well should have been along for the mystery in yeah. the hearts mystery machine which would be hearts four <laughs> and <laughs> mystery machine but instead i'm sure he was going to sleep so good night freeway good night freeway good night freeway